Hi everyone and welcome to the Say As It Is with Pete podcast series. I'm Pete, your host, and each week I will bring you some frank and honest conversations covering various topics from learning and development, friendships, funding, HR, strengths, recruitment, ESG, well-being, ED&I, employability, and much, much more. So let's get this week's episode underway and say as it is. Hi everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Say As It Is with Pete and I'm your host Pete and as always we will have some frank and honest conversations around various topics. So we've just got rid of National Apprenticeship Week so thank you very much uh, everybody for supporting that and we continue or resume normal surface. <laughs> so this episode is um, ready to talk about some career advice and guidance. Now some guys that have been listening to my podcast have reached out to me and said that they found that the career advice and guidance episode that I did really helped them. And I think that's the the key thing. And I want to talk about today uh, CVs. Now, CVs are quite interesting. Now, I have had issues with my CV. I have lots of, um, what do you say? I have lots of experience and skills, but it's hard to tailor your CV uh, to meet everything. Now, CVs are great. People have CVs. People don't have CVs. Um, you know, people want them. They don't want them. You know, especially when you're leaving school, you don't necessarily have a CV. So it's a bit difficult because you may not have work experience or you may not have the experience that people are looking for. So on that basis, you just have to tailor your CV to represent any experience you have, whether it's in team playing, customer service, whether, you know, you've got good organizational skills. And this is where I am going to also talk a little bit about Strengthscope because Strengthscope um, have introduced something uh, new called Strengthscope Interview. And um, I love this tool and it's fantastic. So it comes in the suite of all of the Strengthscope tools. And as a master Strengthscope practitioner, I've had a good look at it. And it's very similar to been saying that I've been doing. So I love that it's now in a formal process and I love the way it's done. So uh, Mary Devine at Strengthscope, me and her had an amazing conversation um, last week when we spoke about it. And I'm so excited. Um, and I can't wait to embed it within the organization I work for and also embed it within other organizations as I, as I support them with embedding a strengths based culture. Now, when it comes to CVs, it can be very confusing. I've seen lots of TikToks and Instagram posts and LinkedIn posts and all sorts. And, you know, oh, my God, it's so confusing. What are you looking at? and What are you doing? Well, let me give you some tips. Now, when we look at doing um, your kind of CV, it, it's one of those things that can be quite challenging. Um, and I think it's something that we need to look at because it, we all have vast amounts of skills and experience uh, within within the jobs that we've done before. And it's hard to kind of remember that we need to promote ourselves. And um, with the way that, you know, CVs used to be, used to create a CV, used to be able to submit your CV and somebody within a recruitment agency or a HR department or whoever will be going through the CVs and they would read them. I can tell you now from current experience, CVs are not being read. Sadly, they're not. When you submit a job, you probably think, oh, I'm going to sit my, submit my CV and someone is going to take the time to read it. No. Harsh reality. 
That is not the case anymore. We have something called AI. Yes, artificial intelligence and algorithms. So for example, if I'm searching on, and, and this is one of the big algorithms in Indeed. So if I'm searching on Indeed and I'm searching, I don't know, um, I'm going to I'm going to pick the roles that we we recruit for with the organization I work for. So if I put in room attendant, it's you know it's going to show me jobs for room attendant, but it's always going to show me the current ones. But if I'm searching for room attendants Omni FM, for example, it will the first kind of searches it will show me. But if I keep looking for that, it's going to keep showing me other positions that are at the same match but not for the same employer. So because it's saying well actually there's all these different jobs so it will just keep showing you so it, it recognizes your search and the algorithms recognizes your search and that's what they do that's what all algorithms do on social media as well whatever you're putting in the algorithm remembers and that's how the algorithm is suggesting those jobs so I may have looked for a job for I don't know lab technician once before for somebody but it will keep showing on my job searches and jobs recommended because that's one of the searches I put into the algorithm and that thinks that that's kind of the jobs I'm looking for I'm not so um you just have to be very very careful and mindful that there are algorithms there that monitor your searches and provide you recommended content based on your searches from what the algorithm is picking up but also be mindful that indeed do recognize your IPS address. So um, if you try and, uh, you know, change the, the name of the company or the search, it's not going to work. If you log out and log in on another account, it's still going to remember your IPS address. OK, because your IPS address is linked to your computer. So be mindful of that one. Um, so, yeah, so you've got the algorithms that are searching and remembering what you're searching for and gives you those recommendations for jobs and stuff you search for. But when it comes to AI, um, a lot of employers will use a application tracking system or an ATS. Now, these ATSs are getting very, very clever in using AI. And so, for example, when we post a job out, we're searching for key words like housekeeping, supervisor, cleaning, management, um, communication. Uh, there's certain key words that we look for that we want to see for, in a CV. So what happens is when somebody submits their CV for a job, what it's doing is it's searching for those keywords within the CV and matches them. So the more you have those words appear in your CV, the higher the percentage of your CV is going to be looked at. Because if I'm searching, I'm thinking, well, you know what? I'm only going to look at CVs that score 60% or above for those keywords. Anything below that, I'm not going to look at. So if I'm looking at 60% upwards, I'm only really going to see, you know, 30 to 40% of the CVs that I receive because I'm focused on those ones or if I'm looking for the top CVs that score you know 75% or above then perfect so I'm only seeing 25% of the CVs that come through so as an employer you have to remember that in, and this is you know top advice for CVs is that I'm looking as an employer for those CVs that have those keywords met and if you've got those keywords, I'm going to pick a certain percentage of what I want to see, or the highest percentages, and I'm going to look at those CVs. Okay, so anything below that certain percentage I've, I set myself as a matrix, I'm not going to look at them. They're, they're not going to see the time of day. They're going to have rejections. And it may be that some algorithm set saying if you don't have those keywords that hit the 65% or above mark, they get an automatic rejection. 
and they don't get looked at so and then or they may not ever be seen so you're like why am I, why am i not getting any responses well it's time to wake up and smell the coffee because you're not using keywords so what i would do is when you're applying for a job on the jobs themselves on the on the uh, job descriptions and things it will kind of say what key skills they're looking for so communication management customer service organizational strategy management e-learning you know uh, content creation whatever it may be have a look now one of my top tips for this is pop across to indeed not indeed sorry linkedin and look at some of the jobs that you're interested in applying for and when you look at those jobs you'll see some of the skills that it requires and it will show you from the skills that you've mentioned or been recommended or been shown to have it kind of says oh well you've only got out of the 10 skills they're looking for you only match with three of those skills and then you look at their skills and go well actually no i have those skills i've got those skills well guys it's time to amend your cv so I would take a look at uh, no more than like 10 or 15 different jobs and see what and, and, and just make a note um, of those skills and try and find the most common skills that are mentioned and embed those those skills or those keywords into your CV. If you do that, you'll actually find that your CV is more likely to be picked up and reviewed within the um, AI uh, scanning process um, so yeah just just be mindful of that because um, you know if if you use all those keywords um, they're gonna pop up and you're gonna and they're, and they're gonna be seen yeah because that's what this AI or the application tracking system is doing it's searching for those keywords and the more it sees those keywords the more likely you're gonna appear in the top 20 or 25 percent of CVs that employees will actually review and call yeah, so um, I would always say do create yourself a CV. So you're always going to need to make sure that you have those keywords. So first tip of this one then is when you're looking to create your CV or update your CV, think about your career journey. Think about the job that you currently do. Go and search for similar jobs and find out what the key skills are that they're looking for. Take a note of them and the most common ones. Look at either five or ten different vacancies for the same roles with different employers. See what they're looking for. Out of the most common top five or ten that come up the most, put them into your CV. Yeah, Make reference to them because then what they'll do is when those employees are searching and you're applying for those roles and those employees are using these application tracking systems with AI, they're going to pick them up and you'll appear, as I say, in the top 25 or the top 30 or 40 um, that they're looking for. And then your CV will get a look in. Okay. Now that will help you. And then you can also, um, you know, tailor the, the, your experience to that as well. Also, what you should be doing on your CV is now I know that people say on your CV you should tailor or rewrite your CV for all these different jobs. Oh my God, if I apply, if I did that for every job I've applied for, I'd have about 50 different CVs. Why? Um, don't have one CV. Try and make that CV one page, but you've got to remember your, your, on your CV, your experience should cover no more than five years. Um, have your experience over the five year period anything beyond five years just make a note to the the year and the company you worked for and the job role they can ask you um the the, the interviewer or the company can ask you more about that um you know oh i saw you work for this company during these years 
okay, great. So you've got a good study because one, we're focused more on the five years of consistent employment history. And the other side, the other five, 10, 15 years that you've got, we just want to have a reference to it. Okay. Make sure you put your education in there. So, um, you know, the, when you say your education, I don't really want to know that when you went to school, I kind of want to know what you've got in your education. So what were your GCSEs? So maths, English, um, you know, yes, you probably have social studies. Yes, you probably have religious education. Yes, you probably have geography. Yes, you probably have home economics. Yes, you have technology. But do you need to put them on there? Probably not. Maths, English um, are probably the key ones that people want to see. If you've got ICT, um, an ICT is information communication technology. If you've got those, fan frigging tastic. I don't need to know all your qualifications or all your GCSEs. But also, what you want to do is you want to or O levels, whatever you may have done. Um, but also, what you want to put on there as well is any current qualifications or relevant courses that you've completed. Um, now, obviously. I would make a note to whether that is a qualification or internal training. So internal training completed and you could list customer service, train the trainer, um, you know, leader of the future, um, effective communication skills. But qualifications could be, you know, you've done your um, lifelong learning qualification, your, uh, you know, your teacher trainer education you've done a IOSH management qualification you know you've done an apprenticeship in in uh, I don't know customer service level three so put that in because it's a qualification so put those in um, because they will be key for them to see that you've got current development even if you're currently do, doing or working on a qualification add it in start the, the month and year you started and you can put present so the next bit you can put present or still studying um uh, and then you could put in brackets due to end i don't know in the end the month or year that it's due to end um but put those in so remember you're going to be putting your five years worth of work experience and then anything beyond that that you want to show add it in but just the month year or the year uh, you can do it month or year. You could do September 2022 to September 2023, or you could just put 22 to 23. This is what I did. So job title, name of the company. Perfect. Remember that in your recent five years, make sure you're looking at previous or, or similar roles and you're picking the key skills out from LinkedIn, from LinkedIn and you're referring to them within your CV. So you show more. What you also want to make sure you do is you put your name, your contact number and your email address um, because they're the best way to communicate with you and also probably your LinkedIn profile so people can go on and have a look at your LinkedIn profile as well um, and you know that's kind of the main thing keep it short keep it sweet keep it simple kiss and kiss stands for keep it simple and simplistic so that's what you want to do now there are um, Amazing thing out there. Now, there is a book which I read. So um, this was this was great for anybody that's an apprentice or a school leaver or someone that you know that is looking to get into work. And it is written by a lady called Angela Middleton. And it's called How to Get Your First Job and Build the Career You Want. Over 100 Tips and Hints and a Clear Practical Step-by-Step uh, -step Guide to Finding Your First Job and Building on It to Achieve an Amazing Career. So if you know anybody that is looking to start their career or 
going to work for the first time as an adult because some adults probably haven't worked ever and I've met some that have never worked in their life and they're stepping into the real world that book is a great read um it's oh my god it's about 180 odd 200 pages uh it's a good book to read um so do read it um and I have my copy um on my bookshelf um, and I was recently rereading it, so it's some really good tips and advice in there. But as I say, CVs are still being used, but actually, as we move on in the world of CVs, it's actually how the CV reads um, to a, excuse me, to AI rather than how it reads to the individual. So, just remember, it, it, as we evolve in technology, lots of things are being automated, and especially during the recruitment process. So go back and look at your CV, go and look at the, go look at similar roles that, or roles you want to apply for and find out from similar jobs. So you can go onto LinkedIn, click on the jobs icon on the top right hand side and then search for roles that are currently the roles you're working in or the roles that you're looking to work in. Search five or 10 different jobs within that same job title and look at the most common skills. Adapt them within your current and past experience over the last five years. Then you want to have a brief description of any history over that five years. So you could go up to 10 years history if you wanted to, but you're just putting the start month and year or the year to and from the role you did and the employer. For your qualifications, you want to be putting in your kind of your GCSEs. So you want to put in your kind of maths and English and what your levels were. Um, and if you've done an apprenticeship, then functional skills uh, level ones and twos are perfect. Add those in, even if you did your functional skills ICT, and I did mine, so I had that in as well. And then any professional qualifications you've completed, add those in. Um, even existing ones you're currently working on, add it in. Even if you're doing an apprenticeship, add that in as well. Do not add in a bio statement of my name is Peter and I am a professional person in L&D and I'm looking to grow and progress my career further, blah, 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 blah. Don't add that. Employers are not interested. They're looking at your experience and they're looking at your academic side. Um, hobbies and interests do not include references just put references on request okay you don't need to put your hobbies or interests in the employees are not looking at that and they're not going to and it's not saying that they're searching for on a cv okay you can refer to those in the interview if they ask you they might say okay sam what kind of things do you like to do outside of work so what's your hobbies and interests then then you can answer them okay give them something to ask you know, because if you got them and say, oh, you know, you know, Sam, I see you do sewing and you like clubbing and music and holidays on the beach. Where do you like to go on your holidays? Oh, I like to go to Palma. Oh, that's good. No, get them to ask you. So what's your hobbies and interests? Oh, well, you know, I like to go on holidays and beaches on, you know, I do a bit of sewing. Sewing? You can sew. Yeah, yeah I make this, I make that. So you build that conversation, you build that rapport. So take your hobbies out, your current CV, don't include them. So there are some tips on that one, but also what I am going to suggest is you might want to do something called StrengthScope interview. Now, StrengthScope, as you know, and if you've listened to this, listen to my series, I am a master StrengthScope practitioner. Fancy, huh? It basically means that I'm qualified and accredited to deliver all of the StrengthScopes within StrengthScope's suite, and I am in association with StrengthScope. 
So I run a side business called creativemind.zone and I offer StrengthScope to employers to help them unlock the hidden potential for existing employees as well as their teams and their future leaders and teaching people how to use their their strength so how we identify our significant seven out of the 24 unique work strengths how they identify their bubbling under so that's the strengths that you have potential to be great at as well as identifying your drainers the things that zap you and drag you of your energy for example as some of you may know common sense is my biggest drainer and that's because i cannot and i repeat i cannot deal with people that do not have a common sense if I'm dealing with people with no common sense, I tend to switch off and my brain goes elsewhere. I am drained from it. And I walk out of a meeting or a conversation thinking, what the hell? I can't do this. So common sense isn't because I doesn't have it. It's because I can't deal with people that don't have it and that don't pay attention. So, yeah, so strengths has a mixture of tools to be used and um, if you're interested for your teams and your organization then let me know but one thing that strengths has recently introduced and it's it's an activity that i do within my strengths session so when i'm introducing strengths to people we tend to do an activity called guess my strengths and normally people tend to get either four or five of their seven strengths correct before they do their assessment so they they, they get i say that but they we do the activity we they see the 24 strengths we go through them they uh, pick the strengths that they feel most represent them then um you, then what we do from that is we would then do the introduction into strengths everything we need to do they would then complete their strength scope assessment and then um we would have a quick chat around how many did they get right and then when we do their individual debriefs or their great conversations we touch a little bit on that but strength scope has recently introduced something called strengths uh, strength scope interview which i love now siemens have been using it for a while as part of an interview process and it's not a screening tool so please it's not a screening tool to see oh we need someone with empathy oh we need someone with detail orientation and results focused let's do it and let's see what we get and only pick those candidates uh-uh no the idea of using strength scope is to help individuals when it comes to the interview stage and it's great to see what strengths people have got but also it can spark some interesting strengths-based interview questions. So, for example, if someone has uh, courage, for example, and courage represents you standing up for what you believe in, but also taking risks and challenges. So as an employer, if, if you go through somebody's strengths uh, interview uh, report, it's very simple. Um, you're looking at their seven strengths. Um, and then you can say, oh, OK, so I can see you've got courage. So obviously this this skill looks at, you know, taking on challenges and risks and sticking up for what you believe in. So can you tell me an example of when you might have had to use your courage strength? The candidate can think and then provide a suitable answer. So also what that does is that then can also help the uh, interviewee. So the interviewee can have this and this this can be done at yeah, any point of the interview stage. So preferably before an actual formal interview, but they can do the assessment and they get the report and the report will tell them what their seven strengths are. And it will show them when they are at their best and it will also show them when their strengths go into overdrive. And what they can then do is they when they're thinking about the job and potential questions they might get asked or think about potential questions they want to ask the employer, then um, they can use those um, to 
support with their questioning or their answers of questions. But what also strengths scope interview does is it also gives them some kind of pre-interview questions or things to think about, um, what questions to or help them prepare, but then they can also think about what questions that they could think about asking the employer based on their strengths, but also some pre-interview or post-interview reflections. And the good thing is, is once they've got that report, you're doing an amazing job as an employer in supporting those individuals that get into those final stages in their interviews or if you do assessment days that they can do them because they can take those strengths forward. So if they're not successful with you as an organization, that they can actually take that report and use it further. They can also relate to those strengths within interviews. So it's great for when you're doing assessment centers for apprentices. And I'm exploring that conversation with somebody at the moment and we're on the verge of signing the dotted line and moving it forward. But what you can do if you do an assessment day is um, you know, have their strength scopes completed before they come to the session or you can do a session in the morning where they can get them done um, and then you know do a strength scope session around that and explain how they can use their their questions and that will kind of give them a bit of a an advanced how to use that but sometimes it's good to have them done in uh, say before an assessment day because you'll have an idea of who's got what strengths and you can see how they use and play upon them if you're doing like a team building activity or a little activity together like build a bridge with the papers um you know who's got the strongest bridge who's got the biggest bridge um you know get from one side of the room to the other only using certain things you know the, the there's one that i love which is the uh, the uh, stranded on a desert island activity love that or the crocodile and stones activity if you know more about them let me know but you can then see how they're using their strengths within those activities but then as i say it helps the individual to refer to them in further job interviews or help them enhance their cvs but also it gives you as a chance for an employer to ask a more strength-based approached questions in interviews to help you build that continuous strengths culture so I love it. Um, I had a great session on uh, Friday, the 9th of February, which was end of which was celebration uh, day for National Project Week. But I attended a DWP event at Barking and I did the pre-activity. We didn't do the assessment because the assessment is going to go and ask about 180 questions, I think, um, uh, to get their strengths. Um, so we sat down and we did a very basic, simple session. The guys loved it. Um, and we taught them how to use their strengths and how to answer questions and prepare questions and i could see the change in the way that they were thinking which was fantastic so i'm glad we've been able or i've been able to give back something as both an employer and as a strength scope practitioner to those individuals to help them grow and develop and rethink about their cvs and rethink about how they're approaching and leveraging their strengths so if you want to do your strength scope interview uh, assessment it's very quick and simple. Uh, more than happy for you to reach out to me at Pete at creativemind.zone or you can, you know, tag me in on or, or slip into my DMs on LinkedIn. Um, I'm more than happy to have a conversation with you and give you the opportunity to give it a go and see what your strengths are. But also as an employer, if you have a strengths-based culture and you have someone that comes through the assessment day or interview process, they've already done their strengths, that's already a stepping stone for them to complete their strength scope uh, reports to go into a little bit more detail about out there bubbling unders their drainers but just be mindful the strength scope interview only focuses on their strengths it doesn't focus on their their bubbling unders or their uh, potential drainers so the report is very simple and short which is perfect um, it's great for interviewers as well because if an interviewer has access to their those person's strengths through an interview or a recruiter does it 
makes it even more interesting the conversations you can have and you start unlocking that hidden potential and talent from the individual so um yes that's that's one way strengths can help so as i say if you're interested in in strength scope interviewing and identifying what your strengths are to support you in your interview or cv then reach out to me at pete at creativemind.zone but as i say the purpose of this uh podcast is to talk about your cv in your career development and how to adapt your cv slightly to make it more uh attractive and more visible within the world of ai so as i say i hope the advice that i've given you during this podcast has helped you understand how to get your cv in that top 20 to 25 percent of visible cvs um and if you don't already have a LinkedIn profile, go and get one. You can't really join LinkedIn till you're probably about 16 um, or 17. I can't remember the age, but it's either 16 or 17. But um, if someone is a young age, then get them to read the book by Angela Middleton. Um, and I'll put a link to the book on Amazon for you to go and have a look and hopefully buy. But what you can do is get them to create a LinkedIn profile at, say, 1617. Get them uh, connecting with other people, get them searching for the jobs that they're looking for, those looking for those key skills that people are looking for in that role and adjusting and uh, putting into their CV. And especially for professionals currently that are looking to step out of their their current employer into a new employer and a new venture look for those roles that you're looking to apply for and adapt some of those skills that they're looking for the most common ones that keep coming up from looking at five or ten different vacancies and using them within your cv and as i say the ai will search for those words and they will pull them through and go yes that person has those words um and they're in the top 25 you know they've got you know, there's a 75, 85% match um, for those words within your CV. So, yes, you're going to be looked at. So just just be mindful. Um, and as I say, just keep your CV simple. Yeah, just give your CV a kiss. Keep it simple and simplistic. So all you're going to do is put your name, your contact details, so email, phone number, and your LinkedIn profile. List the jobs over the last kind of five years making sure you make reference to those skills that those employers are potentially looking for so you're visible anything beyond that uh say for the next additional five years that you've been in work all you're going to list is the month and start the month and year or year to year that you worked in that position the role and the name of the company when it comes to your qualifications you want to put your basic maths english and ict in there nothing else unless you're going in for a job that needs you know geography science economics studies uh, all those kind of things then put them in if you feel but normally it's just your maths and english and ict that we're looking for then list any of your professional qualifications or that you've got and list any in-house training courses that you feel may be relevant for the employer to know do not list your hobbies and interests leave that for the interview discussion okay because we're not looking for those um you know i'm not bothered if you're riding a horse every weekend or you know you row every weekend or you're at the gym every day that can be picked up in the interview in a discussion in finding out what you do outside of work and remember when it comes to references all you need to put is references on request okay but do make sure you have got some references and you do reach out to people who you can rely on to provide a reference okay now also remember if you're using past or current employers they cannot provide a bad reference um they can only put a yes or a no um in in the boxes or any it's mainly a tip box scenario yes no do not would you re-employ yes no not sure so you know 
always leave on good terms never leave on bad terms never resign on a friday um always resign on a monday um because if you resign on a friday it's not great so resign always on a monday never a friday um but just remember use some of those tips to help improve your cv and that will help you become more visible to employers and more attractive and i'm, I'm not saying you're not attractive because you are beautiful people but you just need to make sure your your cv is visible and attractive so if you use those tips they should help you become a little bit more visible and help you get into that top 20 to 25 percent of cvs that are going to be looked at um, because as I say people are not reading CVs nowadays they're only reading those CVs are those that come up with the, with the highest percentage of those kind of keywords or skills that are identified via the AI so yeah AI has its has its pros and cons on that side um, and as we automate stuff nowadays um, it's just been mindful of how you adapt and it's all about adapting um, so yeah the more we adapt the better we are so i hope these tips on uh how to create a more visible cv or attractive cv is going to help you in your career search even if you're starting your career um so yeah please please use them please let me know how it gets on if you want to provide any any comments or thoughts on this podcast then feel free to pop them at the bottom of the post or reach out to me and I'm more than happy to pick up those conversations. Or if you want to talk about CVs uh, on another podcast together, then reach out to me and let's have that conversation. Just drop me a DM on my LinkedIn or just email me, Pete at creativemind.zone. Happy to have those conversations with you. Or if you already know me and you've got my number, drop me a text or a WhatsApp. We'd love to hear from you. I'd love to get you on a call. But that's all for this week's episode of Say As It Is With Pete. Um, and I hope that you have an amazing week, whatever you're getting up to. I'm currently in, in the process of uh, flying out to the Netherlands, uh, where I'm supporting our Dutch team out there on training and support this week. So I'm kind of looking, I haven't been to Holland for a long, long time, so I'm kind of looking to go back. I used to go to Appledorn in the south, and I'm now going to the city centre, possibly visiting Rotterdam, Utrecht, uh, Amersfoort and um, The Hague so uh, it's going to be a bit of a whirlwind five days um, so I'm probably going to be knackered by the time I come back on Sunday to record an episode but I might record an episode while I'm out there um, so to make it a bit easier for me but guys thank you again for listening to this podcast again uh, comment and share this with anyone you think may find this episode useful um, and again you can go back and listen to this episode and previous episodes as well as bonus episodes uh, on apple podcast spotify amazon music google podcasts rss.com youtube under the say as it's with pete channel or wherever you listen to these episodes so have a great week and i shall catch you next week if i'm not too exhausted Bye.